increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million. And I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey everybody, welcome to STR Anomics, and uh, I'm joined with my good friend Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. So I got STR Insights and STR Anomics squared away that time. That's awesome. Kenny, let's talk about the outcome today. Uh, this is something that, you know, a topic that you, I, I didn't even think about talking about this, but really the outcome is, you know, what is, why are you getting into short-term rentals? And you would think that I would have found about this because I've exited multiple times out of businesses. And you brought up some really good points that like the very first thing that you remember the very first thing that you did when you joined my mastermind, we spent like half a day going over the first four or five pages of that workbook yep. and really defining what retirement is. Cause that's, that's probably going to look different for you than it is for me. Right. And what that desired outcome is at the end of the rainbow, if you will. Uh, so you're younger than me. And a lot of people think, how old are you, by the way, are you early mid thirties? Uh, I'm 30. <laughs> okay, so he's, Kenny's 30, I'm 49. And Kenny's the one that brought up this topic for today, not me. I'm five years, inside of five years away from retiring. Kenny's probably not inside of five years from retiring. And most people that are Kenny's age don't think about retirement. Probably a lot of influence of your upbringing and where you worked at, you know, Citibank prior to this. Just a lot of things socially, I think the impact of thought process of what we think about. So Kenny, why is knowing your exit strategy so important if we're investing, especially if you're 30 years old versus almost 50? So knowing your exit strategy and keep in mind when we're, when we say exit strategy, we're thinking things are going well, you're not ex exiting because you're panicking or you have to or whatever, but this is like a planned exit strategy. So understanding your exit strategy can actually help you maximize your returns, not only like on the property that you're currently in, but in future properties as well, because that will help you know where you should be shopping in terms of purchasing the right property that fits that strategy. Now, it's important to note that every single person's exit strategy will be different, and that's okay. So whatever exit strategy that I share or that Bill shares with you, one, they're going to be different from each other. And then two, not just the timeline, but what it actually is, but two, that your exit strategies have more, what am I trying to look for here? I, I don't know, I guess I lost my train of thought on that one, but they'll just be different. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's as simple as that. And so when you're thinking about trying to identify an exit strategy, you need to first think about how long do you want to do or own the short-term rental you, you're either in, maybe you're thinking about that now and you already have the short-term rentals, or you're thinking about future short-term rentals that you're about to purchase or will be purchasing. So what I mean by that is, how long do you want to keep that particular property? And is it, and, and what's the end goal of it? So what I mean by that is, is it a lifestyle asset? Meaning, are you planning on 
living there in the future or visiting there frequently with your family or whatever that may be? Or is it simply an investment and you want to sell it when it has great appreciation? What does that about the why, right? So determine yeah. why, why are you purchasing up front first and how does that correlate to the young strategy? Right. Why are you purchasing up front? Why are you making the first purchase, right? Right. How long, and I think, don't you say how long you're going to hold it would be determined based on like life events or um, maybe even financially? Yes. Financial events, life events. I mean, we might exit for specific reasons, but I think planned exit strategies are more geared towards like a particular life event or a level that you hit, I guess. 100%. So that might be a certain amount of wealth that you've accrued or just where you are in your life or where your family is. It's really hard to pinpoint a certain certain strategy that that's right because it really isn't. It's dependent upon each person. So I'll, I'll give you guys an example. This might be better to, to explain that because I, I feel like I'm poorly describing this because it's so... Well, I don't think there's a strategy, right? So I would say don't no. put a strategy on it. I think the strategy is going to inherently happen once somebody goes through the exercise of defining what that outcome is, right? right? So what are you going to retire? What age? You have, to put a, you have to be able to keep score. And that's what my mentor, John Baird, shared with me because everybody everybody wants the same thing. I want to get 10 units. I want to get 100 units, right? That's That's ridiculous. Why are you really getting into this? It's either cash flow appreciation, long-term exit. There's different reasons that you want to get into this. A lot of people get in because they have a W-2 like you have. Well, if you make $250,000 a year, then figure out not number of units, but what's the fastest, easiest way with the least amount of units to be able to get there potentially, right? So I think it's just, it's it's all a vision of how people visualize what that outcome is, but where most people go wrong, and what Kenny's saying is you got to define retirement, define that outcome first, right? Then you can articulate and build your strategy up to achieve that outcome. So when I see that distills everything down to daily decisions, you know, and I, and I know Kenny well enough and him and I had many chats before he left city, but he was, you know, getting us here insights prompt and ready to go. And, you know, you have to kind of, I, I use the term levers a lot. You have to pull levers both mentally. Are you ready? You know, are you, is your family ready? You know, you have a newborn. Is your wife okay with that? There's a lot of stressors, these levers that have to be discussed. And we haven't even mentioned money yet, right? I don't know what you made at uh, your previous job, but either you saved a ton, you had cash flow through your the assets that you own, right? And the interesting thing is that you bought another property like right after you quit, right? Yeah. Or was that before you quit? I can't remember. Like, uh, it was a month before I quit, but I mean- A month before you quit. So that's a lot of shit that can put a lot of stress on your wife with a young child as well, right? So all those things play into the decision-making. But if you want to have $10 million in liquidity and a million dollars, let's just say $5 million in net worth and $250,000 in cash flow through your rentals, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, maybe 20 years down the road for Kenny, you know, the, the strategy is going to be, and the strategy is going to be completely different for Kenny than it is for me. You know, Kenny and I are almost 20 years apart. We're, and we may be, we're roughly 19 and a half years apart in age. So the strategy is just like investing into the stock market. Kenny can probably afford to be a little bit, you know, more aggressive than I can be at my age. Right. So as a guy that's exited 17 times uh, I, I in traditional businesses, I can tell you, I've never, ever built a business for the exit. I never have. 
But when I'm investing for my retirement and real estate and other things, I have to, it's different, if that makes sense. So I'm not going to go buy a coffee shop and say, hey, if I can get this to, you know, $480,000 in EBITDA, you know, $500,000 in EBITDA, I can get a four and a half time multiple. But if I employ these two things, I might be able to get that to six or six and a half time multiple on an exit. Just don't think that way, right? You build the business. In real estate, you really need to be thinking about this in conjunction with your SEPs, your self-directed IRAs, your 401ks, whatever that is. And that's where I think Ryan Bakey becomes so strong, Kenny, you know, especially as Ryan is 24 years old. And you look at Ryan at 24, you're at 30, I'm at 50. Everybody's in a different place in life, but uh, Ryan's kind of wise beyond his years to where, you know, he can think like a 40-year-old, he can think like a 50-year-old and understand that it's different based on, you know, those different areas, the different ages that we're at, kind of how close we're getting to that, that end line. But I do agree there has to be some type of exit strategy. And I think there's two things. It's why you started. And then two, what's the goal at the end of the rainbow? Right. Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina? My man, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars. And he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina, and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what, Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. The thing I'm seeing with people is a lot of short-term rental investors got investing in short-term rentals to see how it would go. Meaning that they bought because there, they heard that there were these great returns and they could get in, they could get the cash flow, uh, maybe to offset their W-2 income uh, <clears throat> or increase their W-2 income or whatever it may be. They got in for the money, but they're not thinking beyond that. They're going, okay, I can, it's real estate. I can buy and hold. I can take advantage of appreciation and then I'll have, I'm just ready to sell. Markets aren't like that. They're they're cyclical, cyclical. And I think that we need to kind of have that on the back of our mind. I'm not saying that you'll know, you know, oh, in five years I can sell because the market will be back here or whatever. You can't predict that. No one has a crystal ball. But understanding, you know, did you buy this property? Because if you're planning on holding it, buying and holding it, you might have to buy it. You might have to hold it for 10 plus years, depending on when you buy it and for how much you buy it. And is that okay? Does that fit in with what your definition of retirement is and when retirement's going to happen. You know, I, one of the biggest things that no one talks about is what is retirement for you? 
my definition of retirement right now, and I should say right now, is different than like your major 10 and your 30. That's going to, whatever you say, the next two minutes. <laughs> exactly. That's why I want to preface it. I'm like, because my definition right now, I'm like, man, retirement, like that's so, you know, oh, what does that look like? Like, does it mean just simply not working? Or maybe I still want to make some active investments and I'm just not a part time or, you know, I don't have any worries or what I, I don't know, like define no worries. Like I'm very much like, what does this specifically mean to me? But it, it obviously will change. But as that definition gets clearer and clearer, I need to be making investments, not necessarily like focused towards that, but with that in mind. Does this fit in with what I'm sure my end goal, my end result, like you said, at the end of the rainbow? Or is it going to be the is book of wisdom with the Seinfelds and we're driving the, the Cadillac and, you know, the patent white leather shoes with the black socks and just playing canasta and, you know, eating pasta every night and that type of stuff. The reality is it's going to be different for everybody. And it's funny that you bring that up because when I started planning, I thought, and this was just in 2015, seven years ago. So I was literally 42 years old when I'm planning my retirement. And I said, you know what? I'm going to retire and I'm going to play golf every day. That's what my life's going to be. And when I started, and, and like, if anybody's been to one of my couple's retreats, like I'm in DuPlessis, right? He knows this is all we talk about. This is the whole structure. We're trying to build this together. Once I had that discussion with my wife, our definition was completely different. Like, I don't want to play golf every day. She likes golf, but she doesn't like it that much. And then what happens is I talk about those lenders that you have to pull. So the one thing that John Barron taught me is you have to be able to measure everything. The finances, the desires, the emotions, and you can, even though a lot of it's tangible. So we tested it. We've been testing. And you know what we've learned? We thought now, even recently, it was like a year and a half ago, a year ago, that we would have our four to five primary lifestyle assets in our short-term rental space, and that we would spend two or three or four months a year. And what we're finding, we did this last summer, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, we went on vacation for either seven out of eight weeks or eight out of nine weeks during the summer. And primarily outside of one week in Disney, we were in our short-term rentals the entire time, the different ones. And we found out we don't like being there that much. We do in short doses, but not months at a time, right? We love the allure of being able to go to Banner Elk and, you know, be there for a week and then come back home to our home base. We love the allure of going to the beach, you know, for four days, five days a week, but I can't, I could not stand. We stayed for a month in Gold Shores, really Fort Morgan during COVID. And that we were like pulling our hair out, waiting to come back to Nashville. You know what I mean? So what happened is, is just as recently in the last, like probably 12 to 16 months, our definition has changed. And so now for us, and, and it's, it's about going through the exercise, right? That's the most important part. And that's what Kenny's going to go through for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. You know, maybe if he sells SDR insights for a hundred million in a couple of years, he might retire early. But as somebody that retired when I was Kenny's age, like literally almost the exact age, Kenny, 31, when I moved to Nashville and I retired for three and a half years. And the only thing that got me really from not coming back, I wasn't looking at business investments. I just, I did. I played golf every single day and I got sick of it. And I think that's something that People get sick of being a surgeon. People get sick of dealing with guests, you know, in the short-term rental space. You need to have, well, I shouldn't say this, at least for me, I need to have some type of diversity in my life. It's like for me, retirement, essentially I'm retired today. What I'm doing today, like this stuff, build short-term rental wealth, my conferences. By the way, if I don't see you wearing a Miami Vice 
and see our both conference or last year's shirt in the next episode, we're breaking up this time. Right. Right. So, <laughs> you don't need to say anything. You just better wear the fucking shirt. I, I you know. I gotta. I well, it's dirty. I gotta wash it. I wore it. I uh, roughed it hard at another conference. So just nice. Go through all my uh, conference tees I, I acquired in the last couple. Right. Of years, so. <laughs> I think that. So I, I think that it's just. And this is the one thing, the most important thing that I learned from John Baird about the first 15, 16 business that I did. I started up all bootstraps, no partners by myself, and I never had a business plan. It was all up here. And when John basically grabbed me by the shoulders and called me a fucking idiot and said, you know, you've been lucky. I said, really? I've been lucky like 13 times? <laughs> He's, oh, don't give me that shit. It's the exercise of going through it that you learn from. It's not that you actually have this typed out on, you know, on a piece of paper and you're going to follow it and you're not going to deviate from it. It's the fact that you build a more intimate relationship with your business. You build a more intimate relationship and you find things out of what retirement really means to you. And that's why you have to experience it before you get there. You know, when you look at Fred Flintstone or, you know, any of the TV characters, you know, Wilford Brindley, these guys that on TV and, and, and that's what really emblazons in our culture, when you're my age, you think it's that white picket fence. You work at the factory, like Red from that 70s show. And then you retire and you sit on the couch and you stick your hand down your pants like Al Lundy. And you literally drink beer every day, right? And you don't do anything, right? And, and you got Cookie in the kitchen, you know, getting sauced at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, cooking dinner in Rayfront. That's not reality of what retirement is for most people. So the one thing I'll tell you is you need to test it. My outcome has changed dramatically. And what I'm doing with my short-term rental portfolio and really my whole real estate portfolio has changed as well. I've actually downsized. And even though I bought two new properties personally this year, I've actually downsized my portfolio and I've taken profits, you know, from what's happened through uh, COVID. And because I've hit my financial numbers. So I think a lot of people just get enamored with the financials, the money, uh, that they can make. There's so many more things that are to go into the strategy of of really really getting to that end game. But it all starts with the definition of profit. There's no question. Sorry to take so much time. You don't. No, no, no. I I think that's important, and I also think that it's critical to reassess frequently. I mean, I, I don't know if that needs to be said, but I'm going to say it. It we need to reassess because in five years, <laughs> in one year, we might learn something about ourselves, our family, uh, whatever that might shake the foundation of what we originally thought was our, you know, end goal or exit strategy. I can't tell you, I, I tell people all the time. I mean, Bill, when I joined your mastermind, I, uh, two years ago, I said after our first, like the first goal shores, you know, there was like t 13 of us, I don't remember how many, 13 of us in the room. And I remember leaving and there were a bunch of other other mastermind people, they were going to go look at properties and they were just going to take a couple extra days there and look at properties. And I, I remember feeling this like overwhelming, like jealousy. Like I wanted to go do that. I wasn't angry at them or anything, but I wanted to do that. But I had taken off time from work and I said, in five years from now, I'm going to quit my job and city and I'm going to be doing my own thing, whether it's in, in, in short term. That's my goal in five years. I'll have everything figured out, my income replaced, you know, whatever. Okay. Year and three months, I was putting in my notice. So way less than five years, almost in one year, I did that. And 
my perception, my mindset, everything is has changed, has elevated. There's new possibilities. I never, at that moment in time when I made that decision, I didn't know how I was going to get there. I was assuming it was going to be through short-term rentals, and I could have done that as well. But there's things in my life that have changed, and it's made me reassess who I am, what my family wants, what we're trying to do, and what we're trying to accomplish. And I have to reevaluate what my exit strategy is every single time. So when I make more investments, they're more focused towards, you know, that moment, not <clears throat> Kenny two years ago and what his decisions were. And I think that that's, that's important too, because we might have changes in our lives that might make us say, you know what, I was planning on holding this property for 10 plus years, but I need to sell it this year because my circumstances have changed or a big life event has impacted me where I need to sell this property to help me get uh, better off. And so I think it's important to recognize that, but reevaluate, reassess ourselves every year or, you know, every two years at least to figure out if we're on the right path and we're in the, you know, the, the, the path to where, where is that place? And is it, you know, did, did it change? And once we do that, things will become a lot more clear. So yeah, it's just kind of uh, <laughs> my little tidbit on, on what I've learned in the last like two years in this in this space, particularly like since joining the mastermind. I'm gonna lose weight, Kenny. Kenny, <laughs> what? When? Why does that matter? I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah, for for what purpose? Why does that matter? I'm just gonna lose weight. You might lose it, but you, you'll gain it right just just as quickly. Fail because they look at pie in the sky. I'm just going to get skinnier. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do whatever. Hey, I'm going to build a 25 unit short term rental portfolio. The numbers are, are critical, and you know I think that just goes to that desired outcome. When Kenny talks about evaluating and he looks at every two years, it's kind of interesting. Remember, there's no right or wrong way. You don't have to do it my way. You don't have to do it Kenny's way. You need to figure out your own way. That's like the most important thing. My wife and I evaluate every week. We miss a couple of weeks here and there because we're traveling or whatever, uh, but we always make up for it. And Teddy knows from, you know, years of being together kind of in the mastermind and that sort of stuff. I, I'm like the most accessible guy available as a coach in this industry. But Friday from noon to four, that's when I'm not accessible. That's when me and my wife are, are assessing the wins and losses of that week. And it's so important to me, and I never looked at it this way, for us to want to make sure we're on the same page every single week. For our personal commitments, our children's commitments, our financial commitments together, you know, because that's going to impact the decisions we make the following week, right? And Kenny knows that one of the big things in my mastermind is our accountability groups. I get pissed when people don't participate in the accountability groups because they're letting the other people down. And what happens is, is, is us as if, such if you're an entrepreneur, now like Kenny and I, you know, there's a lot more stress probably on Kenny today. And the, there probably was six months ago when he launched, you know, went public with his business with a young children, with a wife, being 30, you know, he's not in the financial position that I'm in today. And I can remember those things and my life was filled with stress. And what happens is, is a lot of us compartmentalize that and we don't share that with our spouse, right? And we don't, if we're not going to share with our spouse, then we're probably not going to share it with anybody, you know, unless, and I'm, Teddy probably shared stuff with his for closest relationships in the mastermind that he hasn't even shared with his spouse. You don't need to nod yes or no. It's a reality. I mean, I got hit stuff from, from my wife. And I use this example all the time. There's three times in my life, Kenny, when I was younger, 
even younger than you, two times younger than you, once when I was older than you, then I was going to miss payroll and a company, all three separate businesses. You know, the, the one that, were, that I was older than you was when I was in the ground transportation space and I was scaling too quickly. I earned through cash 2000, December, 2008 hit. It was a struggle in January, 2009, slow time of the year. And I had to borrow 11,000 and something, $11,000 from my savings on a Wednesday to cover payroll, to cut for checks to be delivered on Friday. And I never told that wife. I told her life many years later. And she got mad at me, but rightfully so. Essentially, I stole from, you know, our savings. But I had to do that so people didn't quit. And I didn't tell her, not because I was trying to hide it from her. I was trying to hide it further, but what I thought were the right reasons of protecting her, right? That minimizes... And from her perspective, her value in helping me be able to solve problems. So you got to think about those elements. And we will have those problems when we look at, uh, you know, our short-term rentals. So right now is a perfect time to evaluate what retirement means to you, why you're investing in the short-term rentals, and most importantly, to evaluate your what you have in your existing portfolio of one or five or 10. Because of the fact that if you're not income producing, you should never hold on to, in my, in my opinion, unless you're in a massively appreciating market, you should never hold on to a piece of real estate that's not cash flowing. And I mean, now I know there's, I shouldn't use the word never, very rarely. I mean, I know that there's cost segregation and accelerated appreciation recaptures you have to think about. There's, you know, DSCR prepayment penalties that you have to think about a lot of these different things. And that's why the strategy of how you structure your short-term rental portfolio as you grow and you expand becomes critical. But I think you should be evaluating at least on a quarterly basis and not on a two-year, five-year, you know, 10-year necessary, especially right now when we've had a major shift, you know, in the market, right? And one of the things that becomes interesting, I see this, I see this on TikTok and you know, Instagram reels all the time, Kenny, and that's all the agents uh, that are using the kind of the saying of, oh, you are waiting for prices to come down and now you're not going to buy because interest rates are too high or interest rates are too high. You're going to wait for the interest rates to come down. And I see this all the time on TikTok and it's a, it's a bullshit psychological ploy to try to entice people to buy from them. But the reality is true. There's never a perfect time to buy or sell. If you define why you're making the investment, is it for appreciation? Is it for cash flow? Is it for both on the front end? That's going to make it a lot easier to determine that exit strategy on the back end. And I do believe when you purchase a property, you should set your goals of cash on cash return, you know, cash on equity, cash flow, appreciation, and all those should be added together. Just like when you look at the, the all those numbers and you're looking, you're trying to calculate a cash on cash return, you have your Make sure we talk about, you have your property taxes. You know, we had this discussion last week when you guys were here, right? Your property taxes, your cost seg benefit, uh, your insurance costs should all be factored in. Then you're going to get the true financial analysis in that property. So if you're going to be making 40 grand a year net and you're factoring all those, and right now you look at, oh my gosh, I'm at 21,000 a year to date and I've got 300,000 in equity. That last number is a big difference versus if you have $100,000 in equity. Right. So those are the things that that's part of the strategy that Kenny and I are talking about. And that's part of going through the exercise of having that intimate relationship with your business. So when I use the term business, I'm referring to your short term rental portfolio. It is a business. Right. There's no difference to me if I'm putting $100,000 of my hard earned money cash 
into a short-term rental acquisition or a coffee shop acquisition. It's the same to me. The only benefit is I don't have to worry about employees, workers' comp insurance, and all that type of stuff in the short-term rental. It all comes down to the strategy of how you're deploying and what you want from that outcome. Kenneth? No, I agree. I think we uh, beat the horse on that one. So conclusion, learn it, define your, your strategy. 100%. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on this episode of STRonomics. You know, so I got that correct this time, Kenny. Uh, Kenny will be wearing either an STR Wealth Conference shirt since he's the title sponsor. Yeah, right. right. Did, or yeah. will be wearing a Miami STR Wealth Retreat shirt. Uh, in the next episode, or else you will just see Bill Faye. Have a great day, everybody. Roasting. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.